open our Bibles this morning to Luke chapter number 5. Luke chapter number 5 as we continue our study in the gospel according to Luke. Luke chapter number 5 and we'll begin reading in verse number 27 this morning. Luke chapter number 5 and if you would look with me at verse number 27. If you don't have a Bible with you, we'll have the words on the screen behind me. Luke chapter 5, look at verse number 27. And after these things he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of the custom. And he said unto him, follow me. He left all and rose up. And followed him. And Levi made with him a great feast in his own house, and there was a great company of publicans and of others that sat down with them. But the scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus answering and said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Let's pray together. Father, we love you, and Lord, we do thank you for your word this morning. Lord, we thank you, Father, that it's always right on time. Lord, I thank you for the wonderful music this morning. Uh, Lord, the praises of your people. Lord, we thank you that you're the same God, Lord, and you're on the throne. And Father, we thank you that you're in control and you're sovereign. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your grace. We thank you that you're a friend. We thank you that you love us in spite of us. God, I do pray this morning as we teach your word, God, I pray that you would grow each one of us. Father, I pray that we would embrace your grace. Lord, I pray that we would see you high and lifted up this morning. Father, thank you for how good you've been to us. In your precious and holy name we pray, amen. Life is basically time, and time is life. If we are wasting our time, we are wasting our lives. It's one of the most valuable possessions that we have is simply time. We give someone of time, we are sharing something valuable with them. We're sharing our lives with them. I believe it's probably the most valuable commodity that we have. All of us probably have some times we wish we could go back and relive with maybe a lost loved one, a friend. Um, it's very special. It's very uh, valuable. It's not promised. It can't be controlled. It cannot be replaced. It is absolutely a gift. If we waste it, we're wasting our lives. Who we allow to have our time or who we are sharing our life with, listen, we are sharing something very valuable then. It, it, we're sharing, if we give someone time, we are sharing value with them. It's precious. We can't take it back. We can't replace it. We can't get another moment like it. It's interesting here because we see a little glimpse into the life of Jesus and who he was sharing his time with. Uh, in his thir- short 33 years here on this earth, as you can imagine, that time was very valuable. It was very precious. It was very important. Who did Jesus share his time with? Who did Jesus present to all something, and aren't you thankful that he has presented to all of us something very valuable for our souls, spiritually speaking? But earthly speaking, um, listen, he shared something that was very precious here on the earth. He, he presented something not only eternal but temporary. I mean, there was only a few that were close to Jesus, if you think about it. He had those 12 that he spent most of his time with, and he didn't even keep all of those friends. One of those that was very closest to him betrayed him. Who did he give his short earthly time to? Who did he give his valuable time to here on earth? Who did Jesus hang with, if you want to put it that way? Who did Jesus call 
Who were Jesus's earthly friends? I think it's a good question. And it's something I want us just to dive into this morning from the Word of God. Look at verse number 27 of our text this morning. Verse number 27. And after these things, he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of the custom. And he said unto him, follow me. Says this, after these things, he went forth. Forth, if you remember what had just happened in the previous text, he had just healed that paralytic that had been let through the roof, and now he's left and he's gone on to move. They'd just seen these strange things. And it says here that he saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of the custom. A man named Levi, better known to us as Matthew. It's the one that wrote the gospel according to Matthew. The tax collector. Uh, He's called Matthew in the book of Matthew and in the other two of the other synoptic gospels. He's called Levi. Some would say this is one of the contradictions in scripture. Why is he called Matthew in one place? Why is he called Levi in the other? Uh, He he worked for the Romans. The Roman language would have called him Levi. The Greek language would have called him Matthew. It's, It's basically the exact same person. He was an educated dude. He had multiple language just memorized, but here's the thing. He was a publican and a tax collector. These were the most hated men in society at this time. By the way, if you work for the IRS, you're probably not advertising it. This is how this man was. He was literally a tax collector. He was a sellout to the Jews. The Jews would view him and say this dude was a sellout because he was working for the Romans. And typically this is what would happen. In order to get the job that he had, the Romans would come to Jews and they would take the highest bidder as far as percentages of taxes that would come in. So they'd go to different people and say, hey, with the taxes that you collect, how much would you give me? And whoever bid the highest would be the one that got the job. The Jews hated their Jewish brothers that would sell out to The Romans. Now, understand, we think our tax system is bad. The tax system there was terrible as well. There was two different areas that you'd have to pay taxes. There was fixed rate taxes, and then there were also like those duty taxes or those tolls. So you had some fixed rate taxes you had to pay just for being alive. Men and women had to pay a tax just for being alive, okay? If you're not even if you're working, they're going to knock on your door. And by the way, maybe we should try that. Somebody help me this morning. They would knock on your door, and they're going to collect taxes from you. There was a ground tax. So you had to pay 10 per, not only did you pay a tax for just being alive, you had to pay a tax on any land that you owned, any wine that you produced, any grain that you had, any oil that you had. You had to pay 10% of that, okay, on top of that. On top of that, there was an income tax that was 1%, okay? So Levi's job would be go and he would he would collect these taxes. Those were just the fixed rate taxes, okay? Then there were tolls and duties. This is where they would exploit people and they would rip people off because the more taxes that they collected, the more money they got. It was a commission-based system. And, and we, we must remember the time that we're living in here. They didn't have Excel spreadsheets. They didn't have QuickBooks. The record-keeping probably wasn't the best. Okay, So, man, you're getting ripped off by these dudes. Fixed taxes right off the bat. And then listen to some of these other taxes. You'd have to pay a toll, kind of like we do, just for going down a road many times. You would have to pay, if you wanted to dock your boat at the dock, if you wanted to go into a port, you had to pay a boat docking tax. Just like we have to pay, you had to pay import and duty taxes. There was sales tax. There was literally a cart tax depending on how many wheels you had on your carts. These guys, listen, people hated them. 
Because it wasn't like us, automatically, we either pay quarterly or, you, or your taxes automatically come out. This, you stop by a booth and you pay your taxes or he would report you to the Romans and they were going to come drag you out of your house. Listen, they were the most hated members of society. That's who Levi is. Man, they, when Jesus shows up to this tax collector, one of the most hated people in town, what does he say? It's interesting. Notice he's not in the rabbinical school. He's not in the temple. He's not in some seminary looking for disciples. He's at a tax collector booth. And he says this to one of the most looked down, disgusting people. By the way, the Jews would literally, almost how they would view a Gentile, they would literally view this man as a dog. They despised him, hated him, and wanted his death. And this is what Jesus says to this man. He says, follow me. And you know what he was saying when he said that? He said, Levi, I want you, even though you're a crook, even though you're a thief, even though you are hated by the rest of the world, I want you to be my disciple. That's what he says to him. Of all the people Jesus could have chosen, he chooses, he chooses Levi. Notice what Levi does. This is interesting. Look at verse 28. And he what? You see this? He left all. He rose up, and he followed him. Levi, this tax collector, this wealthy dude, this one who's been ripping people off, Jesus just simply says, hey, be my disciple. And it says here that Levi left all, and he, listen, he leaves that wealthy job. He leaves that position politically. He leaves that comfort of that salary. Can you imagine his boss Can you imagine the Romans? Hey, I'm leaving this money to go follow this Jew named Jesus. Hey, I'm leaving. Could you imagine his family and his mom and dad who probably helped pay his way maybe through school to get where he's at saying, hey, I'm leaving all this and I'm following this rabbi that's kind of an outcast that nobody really likes. It's not even part of the religious system here. I'm leaving all this and I'm following Jesus. He leaves his money, he leaves his comfort, he leaves his job to follow Jesus. And look what Levi does in verse number 29. And Levi made him a great feast in his own house. And there was a great company of publicans and of others and sat down with them. So Levi, man, he follows Jesus, he says, yeah, I'm with you. And they go to Levi's house, being a wealthy dude, he invites his other, his other twisted friends over. And they literally have a party. They sit around a table here. Man, it says they sat down. This wouldn't just mean a quick come. No, they sat around the table. Man, the great feast, lots of food, drinks. They're sitting around the table. They're hanging out. They're having conversation. They're having a good time. And understand, no self-respecting Jew would have found himself at this party in this place with these people. And here it is, the thieves and those that were hated. And guess who's sitting right there having a good time with them? Jesus. It's amazing to think about. Look at verse number 30. Here they, here they are. Verse number 30. You got your Bibles? Look at this. Everybody right up here. Look at this. Verse 30. But their scribes and Pharisees, guess who shows up again? Some of the best of the best, quote unquote. These are the religious people. These are the leaders. These are the, those that everybody would seem to be religious, okay? Look what they do. Right up here. But the scribes and Pharisees, look at this next word, because this is what scribes and Pharisees do. You want to know who the scribes and Pharisees are even today? Listen to who's complaining and murmuring. They're murmuring against the disciples. Look what they ask them. Why do you eat 
drink with publicans and sinners. Jesus, why do you hang out with them? The teachers of the law and the separatists show up again and they do what they do. Murmur, criticize, and complain. Why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? The word literally here is translated scum. Jesus, why do you hang out with the scum of the earth? The thieves. Why do you hang out with the cheats, the liars, the worst of the worst? Because in their mind, guess who they thought they were? The best of the best. Jesus, why do you hang out with them? By the way, anybody that's always looking down on everybody else, you need to get away from. And I pray that those type of people aren't comfortable in our church, and typically they're not. Always looking down your pharisaical nose at others. Always judging others. Man, always, man, always finding a problem, setting ourselves up at the standard for everyone else, adding extra biblical standards, and, and there's nothing wrong with standards, but we hold those as the line of spirituality for everybody else, for things that aren't even in the scriptures. We must be careful. Jesus is sitting there with them, spending time with them, conversing with them, and the religious, and don't miss this, because this is facts, the religious hated him. The religious leaders hated him because of who he hang out with. You're going to see it all through the New Testament. He hated him. Why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? Look what he says. Look at verse number 31. Jesus answering said this. They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. He says this. Those that are healthy or even think they're healthy, because these guys weren't healthy. They thought they were. He says this, they don't need a doctor. But you know who needs one? Those who know they're sick. Look at verse 32. And this is an important verse for us, is understanding the New Testament. I came not to call the righteous those that think they're good. <laughs> you ever met somebody like that? But to call sinners to repentance. Righteous who think they are good and sinners who know they're not. Self-righteous people will never repent. You know why? Don't miss this because many of us can fall into this category if we're not careful. Self-righteous people will never repent because they think they have no problem. He came to call those of us that know we have a problem to repentance. It's an interesting story, isn't it? About who Jesus hangs with, who he spends time with. And I noticed three things just in this text this morning when it comes to who he hangs out with and who he spends time with. Number one, I want you to notice this. Who does Jesus hang with? And we ought, every one of us in this room ought to raise our hands and be thankful for this. Number one, sinners. He hangs with and he calls sinners. Can I just say that's good news for all of us? If you feel like you've never or you don't fall in this category, there's a door right there. Somebody help me this morning. We all fall here. Having the proper view of self. Jesus is a friend of sinners. Although he had no sin. Listen, and he didn't, he, didn't, uh, he didn't dive into worldly practices. I don't believe Jesus was a drunkard even though they accused him of that. I don't believe that for a second. He had no sin. He was the perfect spotless son of God. He did not approve of sin. He did not do the things of the world. However... Those that he called, those that he hung out with, we must understand they weren't the nobles of society. They weren't the who's who of the religious crowd. Listen, I want you to think about this because this is important for us. He was not close. He, you don't find him hanging out with Pharisees. 
They were uncomfortable around him. By the way, you want to know how Christ-like you are? How many sinners love you and how many Pharisees hate you? If Pharisees love you, man, there's probably a problem. Pharisees like you and want to spend time with you. If those better than everybody else want to be around you, you're probably not following the Jesus of the Bible. He did not approve of it. He was not close to the religious. Nothing could be further from the truth this morning. He did not handpick the best rabbis of the day to be in his crew. He did not call the seminary student or the most likely to succeed. Here he calls Levi, also known as Matthew. And we've got to think of the depth of this. A thief literally stealing from people. And God still calls him and uses him. A sellout. Nobody likes a sellout. He's a sellout. A liar. How about this? He was an extortioner. (laughs) And he says to him, Levi, be my disciple. Follow me. He didn't call, listen, he didn't call the ones that were expected to be called. He could have called anyone, couldn't he? He could have picked, and he picks Levi. You know, this is good news for us because this is the truth. God can use anyone he chooses. God can use, y'all listen to me, God can use you. You may be here this morning, you may feel like, man, God can never use me because of my past. Can I just tell you this? If there's breath in your lungs, God can use and wants to use you. You may feel, oh, I'm too broken, I've done too much wrong, I've had too much going on. Listen, God can use you this morning. Many times, and almost all the time in Scripture, when God used people, it was people that were jacked up. Somebody better say amen this morning. Listen, let me just read a couple of them to you. Think about this. This is good news for us, by the way. If you don't feel this is good news, you're probably on the pharisaical end of it. Abraham, he's an old man. And a liar. And God used him to be the father of that great nation. Elijah, sitting under that juniper tree, was depressed and suicidal. Yet God used him in a great way. Joseph, abandoned by his own family. Yet God used him in a great way. Think about Job. Lost it all. Lost his family. Lost his finances. Lost his health. Yet God used him. In a great way. Moses, we, we think of Moses and we forget that he had a speech impediment and he was a murderer. Yet God used him in a great way. Gideon was scared to death. Yet God used him in a great way. Rahab was a prostitute. Yet God used her in a great way. The Samaritan woman was divorced and all kinds of men issues and God used her. Jeremiah was a kid, and God used him. Go read Jeremiah chapter number 1. God, I'm not old enough. Jeremiah, you're old enough if it's my plan. How about Noah? Man, he was drunk, and we don't even really know what happened. But there's some connotations there. That was one of the most terrible things that we could think of. Yet God used him in a great way. David, man, a man after God's own heart, right, wrote the book of Is everybody, listen, already a follower of Jesus, follower of God, if you will. Murderer, adulterer, liar, selfish, yet God God used him in a great way. Jonah, I wrote this down. He was a runner, yet God used him in a great way. Naomi was a widow, wasn't she? But she wasn't insignificant. God used her in a great way. Peter, a big mouth Jesus denier. (laughs) 
Yet God, oh my God, God used him to preach one of the greatest sermons that's ever been preached. Martha, a warrior. Paul, a terrorist. We could go on and on and on and on. Notice that nobody that Jesus used was perfect. Can I just tell you this morning, you may feel like God can't use you. I just want to tell you that he can use you. And he wants to use you. Our brokenness, listen, is where his grace, listen, amazed. Listen, if we were perfect, he would receive no glory. Guess who would receive the glory? We would. But the fact that he uses broken people is a picture of his grace and his love and his mercy. Aren't you thankful that he still saves old sinners and he still uses sinners this morning? Jesus, y'all listen to me. This is the good news. Jesus is a friend of sinners this morning. Listen, he doesn't approve of our sin. But he loves us and uses us in spite of it. This, that's a glorious gospel. I mean, some of us will spend our lives, if we're not careful, paying for a sin that Jesus already paid for. Hey, he nailed it to the cross. Can I just tell you this morning, it's about time some of us nail it to the cross. And we leave it behind and we move forward in the grace of God this morning. The first, first thing that I noticed this morning is Jesus uses sinners and he calls sinners. The second thing that I noticed when he came to Levi, this corrupt dude... And this tax collector, Jesus simply says something. It's kind of a, an imperative statement, but maybe a question. He says these two words. He says, follow me. At that point, Levi has a choice. Do I follow this homeless rabbi? Or do I stay in the comfort of my wealth and of my job? This rabbi wants me to be his disciple. He wants me to learn. Man, I spent my life preparing. So, man, what, Levi's got a decision. What does Levi, what does it say? He leaves all and he follows. Not only does God use sinners, but I love this. He uses those that are willing. I want to be used by God, right? Are you willing to leave all and reject human reasoning and follow the promises of God? That's what real faith is this morning. It's trusting and being willing to follow. Jesus comes and he says, follow me. And Levi's got a choice to make. He can either say, no, I'm going to keep doing what I want to do. Or Jesus, I'm going to submit to your word and your will. And I'm going to follow. And it's awesome. This, this tax collector, this thief, this one who to this point has spent his life stealing from people, cheating people, extorting people, bowing to the Roman oppression, doing what the Romans want him to do, leaves all of that behind to follow Jesus. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I wonder, I wonder, and I just think about this. We all know we're sinners. We agree. We, I, you get amens, well, most of the time you do, on point number one. Jesus loves sinners, praise God, and he'll use sinners, yes. But what about willingness? When God speaks to us, are we listening and are we willing to follow? Are we willing to be obedient? When Jesus says, hey, I want you to go here, remember Abraham? I want you to go to a land that I will show you. God hadn't even told him what it was yet. Abraham packed up and he went. Being obedient. To what God has. Being willing to use what God wants us to. Listen, he's gifted all of us. And can I just ask you, are you willing to use the gifts that God's given you for his glory in your life? Man, he was a willing. He was willing to follow. Yes, we're sinners, and that's awesome. And yes, most of us in this room, he's redeemed us and he saved us, and I'm thankful for that. Man, but are we willing to follow when he calls us? Are we willing to be his disciple? 
<coughs> and what, what that means is what discipleship is for each one of us. It's sitting at the feet of Jesus. It's learning from His Word. It's studying. It's growing in Him. So He calls sinners. Man, He calls those who aren't self-righteous. He calls the willing. And I wonder if Levi here for a minute, man, I wonder if he kind of held on to that cash register. Man, I wonder if, if he had those same thoughts that you and I have sometimes. Man, I'm a little scared here. God, you want me, Jesus, you want me to do what? You want me to leave my comfort? You want me to step out of my comfort zone? You want me to resign my job and follow you? Levi leaves all and goes. He's thinking about this. I don't know that God's calling all of us to leave our jobs today. I don't know that he's calling us to forsake everything. But are we even willing on the small things that he calls us to do? The small obedient things. Men, to love our neighbors. To love God. To love each other. To pray without ceasing. To meditate on the word. Man, he's not even asking us this morning, man, to leave all and to leave our jobs and to leave our money and to follow him homelessly into nowhere. But he's calling all of us to have a relationship with him. He's calling all of us to spend time with him. I mean, he's calling. He wants to use all of us in different ways. Are we willing? And I want you to just ask your question. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to draw a circle on the ground and step in it right now. And ask yourself this question. In that circle, am I willing? Not anybody else, just you. Am I willing to do what God's called me to do? Am I willing to submit? Maybe put it this way. I don't think that God's going to call every person sitting in these chairs to the mission field, foreign mission field. I don't, but I think all of us should be willing to do that. Like, God, if you want me, it's that, that's what total surrender is. God, whatever you want for my life. You know, most of the time he's not going to tell you to go to foreign mission field. But that would be extreme for a lot of us. He may just want you tomorrow morning to wake up and just to spend some time in his word and to pray, to witness to that coworker. Man, and to be a friend to somebody that's struggling, to be an encouragement to your church and to people in this room that you can pray for, or maybe that person that you know is struggling financially, or that person that just needs somebody to say, hey, brother, I'm here for you, and I'm praying for you. Maybe Jesus just wants to use you in a small way, and he's not asking you to do something radical, because God knows we're probably not going to leave and forsake all, because we can't even wake up tomorrow morning and read our Bibles, <laughs> you know. Maybe he's just calling you to do that. Maybe he's just calling me to do that. Maybe that's where discipleship starts for us. It's tomorrow just feasting and spending time on his word and spending time with him. Maybe it's not to go to the mission field, but maybe it's to go to that mission field where you're at every single day where there's people that are just hurting and they're in need of a savior. They're in need of someone to show grace and love. Like if you're like me, man, I've been watching news too much these past two weeks. Just crazy crap going on. They're literally killing Christians. Are y'all hearing me? There was, is it nine, was it nine, six or nine killed this week? We're out of our minds if we don't believe that satanic, demonic, out of the pit of hell this morning. And I'm just saying we better be willing and ready for what's going on in this world. It's heavy to think about this morning. Following Jesus. Literally marching in there and blew those little babies' heads off. Satanic, demonic, out of hell this morning. And I, I just want to think about this. Are we even following? I got convicted this week about my faith a little bit. 
we haven't, can I just, and I'm, I don't want to get on too much of a rabbit trail this morning, but y'all listen to me, y'all listen close. We ain't seen nothing yet. We ain't seen nothing yet. And it's going to take some people, listen, yeah, that we're sinners and we know God loves us, but it's going to take some people, listen, that are willing to follow him every step of the way. A good book to read sometime is just to go and get the Fox's Book of Martyrs and just read. By the way, Matthew eventually is going to be one. Because sometimes following Jesus isn't just always perfect. Now, it's a place of peace, but it's a place of pain and it's a place of suffering. The question this morning is, are you willing? Am I willing? That's heavy. Is everybody? That's tough stuff, man. Watched, watched a little bit of what that daddy said, the preacher's daddy, or the preacher's daughter got killed. Just watching the, the statements that he's made about faith. My friend Matt Gowens, our missionary son, 19, uh, was killed just a few weeks ago listening to the, that faith that these men have. I don't know about you, but don't you want that kind of faith? It may not be to go to the mission field, but just willing to simply say, Jesus, I believe this thing's real and I'm following you. Jesus, I believe this thing's real and I'm all in. Jesus, whatever you want for my life, whether it be death or life, I'm ready to go. I'm going to follow you. Jesus calls sinners. Jesus calls the willing. And then I love this one. I wrote this one down. Jesus calls the sick. Not just the physically sick, though he had been healing, hadn't he? He calls those who are sick spiritually and know it. He calls those that are sick spiritually and know it. He calls the hurting. He calls those that have no peace. He calls those looking for something. Levi was not sick in a physical sense. Listen to me. He was sick in a spiritual sense. He was searching for his purpose. And you may fall into this. I want you to think with me here. What was Levi probably searching in his purpose for? More money. He was a sellout. You know what that tells me? He had no self-worth. He didn't care. He didn't care about his heritage. He didn't care about his family. He didn't care. Listen, he was willing to write off his heritage to bow to the Roman. Which everybody, he was a sellout. He had no self-worth. He was a thief. I don't know of anything that I hate more. Is anybody else like that than a stinking thief? Cuss me to my face. You know, say whatever you want to say. But if you steal from me, that ticks me off. Spend his life stealing from people. Rob the poor to pad his pockets. I imagine as he laid his head on his pillow at night, he had a guilty conscience. Carried the guilt and shame of his profession, his bad decision. Jesus, you know what Jesus says to him, and this is awesome, y'all. He says, Levi, I know you are sick, <laughs> but I can heal you. Levi, I know that you're a thief, but I can restore you. Levi, I know you've sold out your family, and I know you've sold out your country. You're literally a traitor, man. But Levi, I can restore you. Follow me. Be my disciple. I can heal you. I wonder if maybe Jesus said something like this to him. I can give you something more than money. I can give you something more 
than prominence. I can give you something more than some job title or some financer or some, you know, some house or some car. Listen, I believe Jesus was saying to Levi this, I can give you what you're looking for. Leave it all and follow me. And aren't you thankful this morning that Jesus comes to people? And listen, if you don't feel like you're one of them, listen, Jesus comes to people that, listen, he comes to the lowest of low, the farthest of far, the worst of the worst. Those of us, listen, that have a past, that have some sin, that have some problems, that have some issues, that made some mistakes. Is anybody else like me this morning? Some that at points in their lives said this, I don't want anything to do with God. I want my way. I want what I want, and I want it now. And we have those moments where we black out and we forget that, and we do our own thing. But aren't you thankful that in God's grace, in God's sovereignty, in God's love, in God's mercy, in God's compassion, He doesn't go throughout the world scanning for the one that's the most religious and follows the most rules and has the most money and does the best things. Is anybody awake in here this morning? He goes to the places that nobody else will go. He walks down the street and He touches the leper that nobody else will touch. He goes to the seashore and finds the vile cussing fishermen and even some of the cussing preachers, praise God, and says, hey, I'll use you in a great way. He goes to the tax collecting booth and says, Hey, everybody else may hate you. Everybody else may avoid you when you walk down the street. Everybody else may not want to do anything to do with you. But listen, Levi, I'm not here to help the self-righteous. I'm not here to help the Pharisee. I am here to call sinners to repentance. That's us. (laughs) And I just want to encourage you, if you've never embraced that grace... If you've never left all and followed, if you're not willing to lay down your your life on the altar of surrender, listen, maybe today just decide, you know what? I'm tired of just being a sinner that Jesus loves. I want to be a, here it is, a willing sinner that Jesus loves. And I'm sick. (laughs) And i got some issues. And there's times where I have no peace and there's times I worry and there's times I struggle and there's times I fall into sin and there's times I do things I wish I would have never done. Oh, but I know that Jesus can heal the hole that's in my heart. I know that he can restore me. I know that the moment that I turn around and follow, he's right there and he wants to take me by the hand and lead me and use me in a great way with the days that we have left on this earth. Man, I just want to encourage you to think about this morning. He loves and uses sinners. Listen, aren't you thankful for that? He loves and uses those that are willing. Listen, He heals those who are sick. I want you to think about that. Let's, close, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I want to ask you two questions this morning. First one is this. If you say, Pastor, I've never been healed by Jesus. I've never been saved by His grace. And I just want you to pray for me. Listen, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out this morning. I just want to pray for you. Say, preacher, I've never trusted Christ. I've never followed. And I just want you to pray for me. Is there anybody like that this morning? Slip your hand up right now. Anybody in this room that say, preacher, I'm not sure if I were to die today where I'd spend eternity. Second question is this this morning. If you said, preacher, man, I know I'm a sinner. and Man, I'm thankful Jesus loves me. But I just need to be a little more willing and I need, I need to just follow. I need to forsake all. I'm not even going to look on this. I'm going to raise my hand right now. But if you're like that this morning, look, I'm not even looking. Just as a sign of faith and testament to God right now, say, Jesus, I want to be willing. Slip your hand up right now. Anybody at all? I'm not even looking this morning. But just in a sign and a symbol to him, say, Lord, I want to be willing. God, I want you to heal me when I'm sick. I want you to help me. I want you to use me on this earth. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, let's stand to our feet this morning. The altar's open if you need a place to pray.